Well, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I have an amazing guest with me, the beautiful Nick Perry, and we've done an epic podcast interview tonight. Well, today, tonight, wherever, I mean, it was my nighttime, it was like 11 p.m. for me. Um, And it's another really juicy episode aimed at the men more so. So if you're a man listening, then here you go. Um, And if you're a woman listening, I would really encourage you to share this with your male friends, share on your Instagram story, um, that kind of stuff. Remember that we want to be planting the seed for any men in your life that you want to do the work, um, that you want them to do the work. Let me just rephrase that. Remember that we want to be planting the seed for those men in the life where you want them to be doing the work. You do not want to be pushing it on them because that is not helpful to anybody. So in today's episode, we are talking about sexual shame in men, which men were talking about expanding your nervous system to hold people that are too much. You guys know that I fucking love talking about that shit. We're talking about libido, understanding where your libido has gone, the nice guy problem, um, Nick's boundaries and navig- and how he navigates them with his woman um, and having the opposite needs to your partner. Um, and then we also even talk about, you know, how being the root of all evil as a man in this modern world and how that's like a problem in society where so many men are just thinking, so many women are just thinking men are the problem. So we're jamming on all of those juicy things. I hope that you fucking love it. Um, nothing really is open for enrollment at the moment besides MMM. Um, so you guys can jump on either of those magic money manifestation things, unless you're wanting to work with me one-on-one, that's a different kind of container. I have space for male clients. I do not have any space for female clients at the moment. So I'll put my wait list below so you can go on the wait list for that. And I know that I will have some, a few short containers. I know I mentioned in the last episode, how I was going to open, um, and I did open, but they're taken now. There are a few, a few, um, uh, like mini containers where it's just like four one-on-one sessions as opposed to a three month, um, normal one-on-one container and they're gone. So if you do want to get those next time though, I know that I'll be offering something like that again in November time, um, just before like that Christmas period and whatnot, you know, if, if, if I can't go skiing, basically guys, I'm going to be working in December because otherwise I'm gonna get fucking bored brainless. Um, and I'll go insane. So keep a lookout, especially towards the end of the year, I'll probably be offering, you know, some shorter package sort of things, you know, some two session things, three session, four session things, who knows? So just make sure that you keep, you keep a lookout, maybe even mark a little something in your diary for mid-November if you're knowing that you want to like work with me in a one-on-one capacity. Um, I'm sure I'll have something around then once the next round of Queen Alchemy is finished and they get snatched up really quickly. So you want to make sure that you almost kind of have it in your calendar so you can message me ahead of time so I can let you know, um, what's kind of happening a few weeks out of when I mention it because I'm generally working a few weeks in advance with knowing sort of like what's coming up X, Y, and Z. And I know that I'll have some stuff for you in November, December time. Anyway, I hope that you love this episode. And if you are a man that wants to work with me, then please make sure that you reach out because I'm so fucking here for it. Otherwise, enjoy the episode and all of links, all of links, all of Nick's details will be in the links below. Um, Please share it and tag both Nick and I so we can thank you and so we can share it so that more people know it's an episode worth listening to. And if you haven't left a review, I'd be really grateful for you guys to leave a review. I love all your DMs, but the reviews are even better because people see them there and that people see them and then they know how good the podcast is and all that jazz. So thank you so much. And we, oh, and we've hit 300,000, 300,000 downloads. So thank you all so much for the amazing support as per usual. And I will shut up now and we will get into the interview with Nick. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. 
I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach, and I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we'll be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Beautiful. So everybody, this is Nick. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with us. Do you actually know, first question, what's your drink? Okay. Well, I was trying to keep in the theme of things. So yeah. I brewed up a cacao tonic. Amazing. Which is, uh, yeah, cacao powder. It's that Peruvian something or other brand. Apparently it's uh-huh. top shelf. Oh, you know, oh. that was the tip off. Yeah. 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 Um, and Any then, yeah, so I've got the Jing blend. So the Jing is an adrenal tonic uh, yeah. made of, I think, like five or six different um, herbs and mushroom. Love and that. then I've got reishi. Reishi yeah. is just a straight-up mushroom, like calming, Everything. but like helps me focus, amazing. Then I've got maca, another sort of a- yeah. adaptogenic root. Um, mm-hmm. Good for libido, FYI. Yeah. Uh, I've got marine collagen in there, which... Love some collagen. Yeah, a bit of collagen to help, like, balance the blood sugar but also, you know, get the, the, the gold of what collagen offers nutritionally. Coconut oil, similar deal, balance the blood sugar. And <laughs> some local South Australian honey because I'm in Adelaide yeah. at the moment. So yeah. shout out to the South Australian bees for doing their thing. Love that. Love that. Amazing. Okay, well, Nick, do you just kind of want to share with everybody a bit of your story and kind of like a quick snapshot of how you got into this world and this work? Yeah. Okay. So a bit like without going into too much of a piffle and a rant about, you know, my history and my past. I was just a young fella, a young man who was innately, like inherently explorative. So so the choices that I made were like prioritised adventure. So I, I was really into surfing and bodyboarding and I used to travel the world competing on um, professional, like the professional circuit, um, doing little side trips just to see new lands and ride new waves and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Anyway, what I didn't know at the time was that I was quite asleep and that's the best way I can put it. I was very, I was living very reactively. I was living from a pursuit of approval without being aware at all. So there was that, you know, that inner child was very much in the driver's seat for me, which is something that I can articulate and understand now and even integrate. But mm-hmm. back then it wasn't. So, you know, I had a, a, a girlfriend, um, you know, this is like 20, 20 years old, yeah. had a girlfriend. Um, was studying journalism, to, like working various jobs to fund my adventures. And, yeah, my life was riding waves. Then my dad got really sick uh, and wound up in intensive care for a long time. And that was like that was the, the crisis. That was the catalyst 
where awareness came through. And the scary thing, but also the motivating thing, was what I discovered about myself is that I, I was very ill-equipped for real life. When, you know, the, the, that stability of that father figure disappeared and I kind of like did my best to fill that role, like that role sort of got channeled to me and I was trying mm. to hold it, but I didn't really know how to hold it. I didn't know what the role really entailed and that was really confronting for me because what's always been important for me is family. Like, so my immediate family, we're tight, we're close. So seeing mum really upset and, you know, my brothers and sisters processing what was going on in their way. And I was like, I can't offer, you know, I can't love in the way I wish I could right now. I can't yeah. offer the support that, that I, I really feel I'm needing to. And that had a big impact. That, that didn't go away. So things, you know, after some time and get it, we got through it basically and dad came out of hospital, landed himself back in there with a, a motorbike accident shortly after but then <laughs> was released again. So, you know, it's like the universe does that echo thing. It's like did yeah. you get the lesson? So for dad <laughs> to go back into hospital, I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to yeah. go searching. I'm, I, I'm hearing this. Yeah. But again, I didn't have I didn't have like a spiritual philosophy then. Like I didn't have a, I didn't have a relationship with like a like a spiritual idea. I was raised in like a, a Catholic family, but we weren't really dogmatic, and it was kind of yeah. weird that we were going to church, but no one really wanted to be there. But whatever. I totally get that. You'd, you'd go like when you needed something, or when it was like Christmas, but that was about it. Yeah, it was like this guilt thing, like just yeah, in case, just in case. Oh, my God. I, I don't know because, like, in America, a lot of people grow up, like, very Catholic. Like, it's quite a, like it's a kind of a common thing because I feel like in Australia, for example, there's so many families. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic, but they don't actually know what that means and they don't actually, they're not, they're not like, heavily Catholic. Like, they mm. don't do the whole no sex before marriage or whatever and I'm not mm. going to church every weekend or whatever. It's like Christmas, Easter, and if you had something that you needed to be really grateful about, you'd go to church, but that'd be <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of it. Right, right, for sure. Yeah. So th- that was definitely us on the phase out. Yeah. Um, but for like in the earlier years, we were like every Sunday, like, oh. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had that. But, you know. Yeah. I think that's that's a totally different conversation, theology, yes. religion, uh, God models and how that impacts yeah. the, the, you know, the human experience. But anyway. I think I think really what what I discovered was I felt really fucking alone and I didn't have a connection to my inner divinity. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it like that. I didn't have an understanding of what it means to trust and what it means to surrender to you know that's actually what it means to step into my power, not to be hyper vigilant yeah. and controlling. That's an yeah. act of fear. To let go of my need to control is that's how I step into my power. So whatever. I moved to the other side of the country to cut, you know, to just start to speed this up a bit. I moved to the yep. other side of the country. I was like, get me out of here. I'm not growing here. I, I, I realised that. So I, yeah, chose unfamiliarity. Um, mm. 
I, I was seeking out challenges without realizing. I was seeking out like yeah. these initiate this initiation without realizing. Um, and by God, did I get it? That was really hard, especially being as as ill equipped as I was, just in general life skills and learning the hard way. You know, getting exploited, um, living you know hand to mouth at best for for most of that time. Eventually, what came through was some wisdom some wisdom came into my life through uh, a speaker a t- spiritual teacher called anthony demello a cart toll um mm. this stuff was so phenomenally nourishing for the younger me like this okay. gave me the ah, uh, it gave me the 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 resolve that i was seeking just uh, it helped me catch my breath okay. so fast forward uh, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of lo- uh, learning and growth. Mm. I met, I, I moved in with a, an amazing friend who had all this wisdom. He was the same age as me and he had all this wisdom that I'd been seeking out the hard way. And I was like, dude, how do you, you know, how can you answer these questions to me? How do you know how to eat properly? How do you know how to move right? How do you know how to not take things personally? And he was just embodying this level of like development that that I was yearning for still and what he informed me of was that he'd done a traineeship he'd had a mentor and I was like who is this mentor who is this person Mm. so her name is Jan Carton so anyway three years of searching I found what I was looking for I drove did this kind of journey drove back across the country by myself which was beautiful in itself I went straight up to the Gold Coast to seek out this woman. It obviously was right. So I got my first mentor and I got taken on as a trainee and she is a, like a Czech specialist, which is corrective holistic exercise kinesiology, but she's also got her own story, her own journey. She's been to Helen back a few times and, and she, she, she loves the way I aspire to love. She loves Mm -hmm. so authentically and whole and in her work, helping people mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, yeah. I was getting the transmission now. I was like, ah, oh, okay, this is what it looks like. I was also getting my ass kicked by her in sifting through my bullshit, sifting through my narrative, sifting through my narr- uh, limiting beliefs about myself. And that's when things became really real and I started to be able to differentiate, like I said, between my bullshit and my truth, my authenticity. And in that awareness, I would meet with my strongest resistance, you know, the part of me that really doesn't feel good enough, that really doesn't believe they're worthy. And that's when things, that, that's when I picked up self-responsibility like never before. And since then I have done, you know, another traineeship with her. I've traveled around the world seeking out mentoring with um, practitioners and healers and shamans and, and different people that can offer me a transmission that can introduce me to parts of myself that are living in my blind spots. So, where that's got me now is, you know, I, I've done the, the whole biomechanics thing for a long time and, and really focused on people. What, what I loved working with was, was people who 
didn't have any luck in the medical system. So, you know, they were sort of cast out around like, oh, well, we don't know. We did the surgery. We did this. It didn't work. Like, all the best. Here's some fucking painkillers. Yep. And from what I'd learned and what I'd witnessed and what I'd shadowed in, in these sessions of watching my mentors do their thing, I was like, fuck that. I, I, I know anything can be resolved. Anything can be healed when there is spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical acknowledgement, exploration, and integration. So, so that's why I'm passionately a holistic health coach is one. It helped me find my purpose. It helped me find my, it helped me find my, my, my peace, helped me find myself basically. But I've seen people who maybe someone else would take them out to the paddock and, you know, end it. I've seen those people turn around full circle and become leaders themselves, have healed themselves, resolved all that ails them. And the biomechanics route was where it started. That was when I learned, and we mentioned this pre-recording, we're talking about the nervous system and how the mental, emotional bodies impact the nervous system and the nervous system reflexes into the organs and into you know, the, the endocrine system and into the musculoskeletal. So what I've evolved into is, is a deep passion in mental, emotional aspects. I feel like there's a, lot, there's a lot of great biomechanical practitioners out there. I think there is a need for people developing skill, um, intuition, expertise in the mental, emotional, spiritual mm. aspects of the human experience. So this is where I'm up to is, is really That's focusing better. on that. I've kind of put down needing to be a biomechanics wizard and just yep. letting this evolution happen as much as I love that. And now I'm working in as a holistic lifestyle coach, specialising in, in that mental, emotional exploration, but also acknowledging nutrition and, and, and the things yeah. that impact the nervous system, hydration, sleep, circadian rhythm, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just channeling that into working one-on-one with people, working in the field of men's work and, yeah, and, and <laughs> studying, getting mentored, getting my ass kicked still, getting my feet <laughs> held to the fire, you know, still so on my own journey for sure, but feeling feeling clear, grounded, centred enough um, to yeah, be really picking up that leadership role now and being of yeah. service with, you know, two other people who are starting their journey or somewhere in their journey. Amazing. Okay, yeah. so let's jump into libido first thing. So men, sex, libido, and the shame around, you know, men's libido diminishing or them not wanting to have sex, X, Y, and Z. Firstly, actually, I want to jump on this one first. Can you share with us the impact of a man's 24-hour cycle and how that maybe how you've seen it differ? Because, like, for example, at nighttime, men will be like, I'm pooped, I want to go to bed. And Mm. so many women are like, no, I'm ready to go. And then it's Mm. this mismatch and they don't Mm. understand what the fuck's going on with and it breeds that shame of, like, Mm. is there something wrong with me? And they don't understand, like, there's nothing wrong with anybody. It's just, like, a difference. So... Can you share with us like circadian rhythm for men and then also like um, maybe the top things that you feel like impact a man's libido that are not talked about? 
Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, I, I think you just mentioned a really important thing is, you know, we're, we're polarising each other, you know, like yeah. men and women in particular, we polarise each other. So even hormonally we polarise each other and, like, organically where there is a spike in libido, typically, you know, not speaking to everyone, but typically a man's libido is highest in the morning. That's when they're most ready to go. So exactly what you mentioned, and a woman will have that libido spike in, in the evenings. Yeah. So circadian rhythm, it, it's, it's, it's the rhythm of, of a human, right? So we live, we have our own biorhythms and they answer to the rhythms of nature the flow of the the sun and the moon. So we live in the field of that. We live in the electromagnetic field, the ultraviolet field of of these planets. And if that doesn't make sense, can you get sunburned? Do you feel the heat of the sun? You know, can you hear the moon hum on a quiet night? It's like, that's what I mean. these, these, These planets influence our biology. So what happens when we fall out of rhythm? What happens when we fall out of rhythm with ourself? What happens when we fall out of rhythm with nature? To, uh, the short way of saying it was we become stressed. We, we become crooked. We fall out of centre. That has a, an impact. The impact is catabolic, which means we start to break down. The body catabolizes itself. It starts to eat itself. The immune system becomes hyperactive. We become inflamed. Blood and nutrition isn't getting to, you know, the, the areas and the organs that it needs because it's being shunted into that, our, our cavalry, our fight or flight tools, which is, you know, our legs and our arms so we can fight and run and whatever. But where we need that nutrition and, and that, that, that healing rhythm and flow is, you know, into the tissues, but also into the organs. And when we are hyperactive, which we are as a culture, especially in the West, we're a very hyperactive culture, we start to burn out, we start to cook ourselves, we start to live in a stress state that biologically we can't handle. The impact of that is a decrease in libido. Now, that's really intentional by the body because if we shot ourselves back a 1,000 years ago, which we are still programmed to be, you know, our DNA still is is arranging us and expressing us in the way we would back then. Oh, no, I've adapted. We've adapted to the modern world. No, we haven't adapted to the modern world, guys. We're still in the caveman days. (laughs) Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, 100%, 100%. Like if we've adapted, you know, your skin colour would change or your hair wouldn't be a different colour if you moved around. So it takes a long time. Off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, the the genome expression takes, I think, 10,000 years to change less than 1%. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So evolution, it's it's a it's a slow burner. It's a long game. It's definitely a slow so, burner. So, yeah. so this is relevant with like nutrition as well and metabolic profiling and understanding because we have a lot of dietary nutritional dogma going on, and yeah. it's driven by emotional bias. But biologically speaking, 
we are predisposed to an oxidative rate. So we convert food into energy based on our ancestry, mm -hmm. which dictates how we stabilize our blood sugar, which again will impact our level of stress, whether we, we are stable in our blood sugar or not. So that's macronutrient balancing to, to eat to the metabolic profile. But, you know, which is influence the circadian rhythm. So if our blood sugar is out of whack, then we're not going to get the, the, the sleep that we need to repair. So when we're stressed, the reptilian reflex in stress is to conserve energy. Energy is life. Stress is an exertion of energy. It's not an accumulation. It's output, not input. So it's yang, 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 out, 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 out. Now, when we start to burn the candle too low, and our energy reserves drop low enough, the first thing that the body will start to decommission and stop feeding energy to is libido for the sake of procreation. So there's three alarms, there's three primary reflexes biologically. The first is, is safety security. So I need enough energy to fight or flight, you know, that, that's paramount, that's imperative. In the wild, of course, that's the highest priority. The second priority is the accumulation of energy. So, so food and sleep. That's that's how we make sure we're bringing it in. So, so that's where what the body will prioritize next. Then it's procreation. So, if we're safe, if we're fed and rested, then yeah, we're good. We can create a spawn and you know create three, a pack or a, you a heard tribe. Of like the like fight fucking food. Oh, cool. F fight oh, food. there you go. That's, that's exactly what, what I'm that's, talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's way yeah. cooler way of saying it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go fight, get food and fuck. Right on. <laughs> that's it. So if we aren't eating right, if we're not sleeping right, if we're overthinking, we're overstimulating, we're not living in accordance with circadian rhythm, we're not connecting to nature and purging toxins and, and everything that our modern world dumps on us, yeah. libido goes. And that creates an absolute head fuck, especially in the, with the relationship or with the um, portrayal of what sex and sexuality is about in our culture. There is such a, it, it's just one, a small slither of the pie of what sex actually is and what it actually means and what it's actually about. So when all this self-worth is invested in, you know, how hard is my cock? How big are my tits? How wet is my pussy? How good do I fuck? And that starts to get decommissioned because I'm stressed, I'm hurting. And then I start to beat, you know, hate on myself even more. Well, the cascade of things gets really toxic. So hopefully that kind of like gives some background and answers your question yeah. of like why it's valuable for all of us to understand just to some degree why it's important to take some of the health advice, to take some of the circadian rhythm um, guides that nature offers us because people are getting really caught up in their symptoms. People are thinking yeah. that their symptoms are the issue, which isn't true. There needs to be a deeper dive and a little bit more time spent investigating what's the root, what's the source of uh, my sexual dysfunctions, you know, in really? my sexuality, my, my desires, but also in my sexual organs, how they're performing. 
In terms of like your men work, your men's work, Nick, how do you feel like shame comes up for men or doesn't come up because they hold it back in terms of like, like losing your libido? Because like it's common in men to yeah. lose their libido yeah. and they will just bottle up and not say anything or they will sabotage a relationship or whatever it is because they mm. don't feel safe to like express themselves. How do you kind of see that show up with your men's, with your men's work? Yeah, it, it's 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 a really cool question. How does it show up? It shows up as a story. It shows up as as high, like neurosis. You know, we all have an inner narrative, and we all have an inner critic, and we all have these inner dream <laughs> figures. Mm. So the thing that exacerbates sexual dysfunction that I see continuity across the board is what a man makes that mean that takes him out of the present moment where he actually has the control and the power to breathe himself into a parasympathetic state which is the opposite of fight or flight to calm himself down and with that the the need to ejaculate for example decreases there is more of a harmony between body and mind you know head and body the more that, say, I can't get it up, oh, fuck, I can't get it up, oh, blah, blah. If, often when I, I follow that in with men, the deepest fear is very dramatic. It, it's illusionary. It's not true. But the deepest fear, sometimes it's like I'm going to lose my family. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it, get, it gets to that level of severity, but uh, the, the surface story is, oh, you're pathetic, you can't get it up, but, but the, the underlying fear that, that's holding them in that, that fight or flight response is, is, is driving the patterning, it's driving the story. Now, in the bedroom, the impact that has is it takes him out of the present moment. Yep. And, and let's say it, it, it's, it's like a heterosexual um, dynamic, like a man and a woman. Yeah. And you know when someone's not present. You know when the man oh, yeah. that you're with isn't present. Yeah. And that's going to potentially bring up your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with me? Or why, you know, why, why can't I pick the right relationship? So then it's possible you'll be in your head then and you'll be in storyland and it, it it just explodes so to to reiterate and answer the question how does it show up well the thing i want to mention is first and foremost it shows up as a story and that story yeah. is a product of fear usually and as we know fear triggers or signals a stress response in the body which then exacerbates any symptom that's already there, any symptom that's showing up. Love that. So whilst we're on the topic of nervous system, something that I love to ham on is when, so for men, if anyone doesn't know this as a man or even as a woman, a man's nervous system is, is like, if he, if he has the capacity, he will be able to hold a very wild feminine, very freely expressed woman. But if he doesn't have an expanded nervous system and it's quite, um, contracted with like trauma and stress and whatnot he'll find women that are really uh expressed and in the feminine like too much like oh she is just too much there is too much energy so in your experience and with your work and whatever Mm -hmm. what's kind of been your take and how have you seen like this whole thing play out of like 
being able to expand your nervous system, but also seeing men um, maybe push away women or um, or not be able to hold their woman in times when she's fully expressed because nothing about her, but actually because he is being held back by his kind of trauma. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's such such a such a great like question and, and such a great piece. It's really it's a really big piece. So like some important things to cover, you know, speaking to that is if a man hasn't been like role modeled mm. how to hold a woman when she's in a heightened state, how the fuck is that man going to know what to do? And most men haven't been like most. Exactly. Most men haven't, their, their fathers haven't done that for a woman or it's like, oh my God, she's so much a women are crazy. And that yep. just perpetuates yep. this story of women are too much. We can't hold them. For sure. It's, it's reactive. So, so then again, that, you know, that narrative kicks in on that story or that man takes it personally. So it's like, like, like the fixer comes out. And I think if a woman is in process and let's say the feminine, and this isn't gender specific, but the feminine processes through feeling and the masculine process through thought and rational thinking. So different, so different. So if there isn't an understanding of that and a woman is, is embodied and is processing, processing, moving the energy through tears, through raging, through anger, through uh, what hiding and you know small, and then coming back out again, whatever that looks like. If a man doesn't understand his role isn't to fix, it's just to facilitate and support this woman feeling her way through whatever is alive in her. Then it, it's not it's not as simple as that. Like mm-hmm. it is that simple, but if if a man doesn't know that, and I used to not know that, it is, it becomes stressful of spark. It's like, oh, what is with this woman? Yeah, how did you, what was the comparison between how you used to be when a woman would like fully express her feelings, whether it was like tears or anger or excitement versus like how you are now? What's the difference? Well, I think when that happens, used to happen, Usually when somebody is uncomfortable around somebody who's emotional or in an emotional place, it's because it awakens the emotion in me. So if you're, you're crying and you're sad and I don't want you to be sad, it's because, oh, your sadness strums the sadness chord in me. We're, we're on that resonance yeah. and I don't like that because my emotional range, my, my emotional capacity and my relationship with my own emotional body isn't developed enough again it's been role modeled to me that that's not okay that's not safe that's not a good place to go it's bad yeah so blame shame tame is one way people in relationship who are uncomfortable in an emotional space will will modulate that and protect themselves yeah so it's like making somebody wrong or trying to fix them in order to, to control the situation, to tame it. And it's not in service to the person who's feeling it. It's in service to the self unconsciously. It's, it's yeah. a protective mechanism. I love that. So, 
so I, my thing, my go-to was, and, and I'm sure there's men that can relate to this, was shut down. So the more emotion I was around, the more stonewall I became. So I, I would numb out, numb out, especially if things were being projected onto me and I didn't know the concept of projection. I didn't know the, the simple idea of don't take it personally. No matter what they're saying, you can still hold them even if the slings and arrows are coming at you. It's not about you. It's their stuff. You know, I didn't, I didn't have this knowledge. I didn't have that, that inner voice, my inner masculine, holding and supporting me at the time I developed it. So my approach was my fuck you was, yeah, I'm here, but I might as well not be because you, you get nothing. And that's because I didn't want to feel what that brought up for me. I didn't mm. trust myself to hold myself. And I just simply didn't know. I didn't know what it was supposed to look like, sound like, what it was, you know, what I was supposed to do. I didn't have any point of reference. So, yeah. And what do you do now? Yeah. So now when it's like an overwhelming fear nervous system, <laughs> what do you do now when you're kind of feeling that, um, that like bubbling up where it's like, whoa, for your body? Yeah, I'll, I'll, this has been an exploration process, right? So where I'm up to now is acknowledgement. So again, the, the first port of call is acknowledgement. So coming into my body and recognizing, oh, I'm starting to react to, to, to this other person's reactive state. Now I'm getting pulled in and it feels like this. I feel an elevated heart rate. I feel an, a twisting in my stomach. I feel a tension in my lats and I feel a desire. I feel a fight or flight response. Usually in that setting, it's flight. It's like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I, I catch it. I notice it. And then in the, in the ideology, let's call it somewhat, of self-responsibility, I go, okay, this is my responsibility. My inner environment is my responsibility. So if I catch it in time and I'm not too far gone, I'll, I'll remain present, but I'll also connect into a level of perception where I'm also aware of myself. I'm also aware of the space around me and the space around that space and the space around that space. And I'm not too, that hunter reflex hasn't kicked in and I'm not too focused on what is kind of a threat. And yeah. so I'm seeing it for what it really is, not for what my fight or flight response is, is, is trying to portray it as. Yeah. So I'll calm my shit down through breath, through acknowledgement yep. first, yep. through respecting myself enough to breathe and to, and to remind myself this isn't about me. My role here is to hold and support. That means not talking. That means mirroring what they're saying back to them with no, no need to fix, no need to judge, no need to label, no need to resolve. So, so that's the ideal state and I'm getting better at that. Sometimes I'm too far gone. Sometimes mm. I am too far to flight and that's when I use the communication tool as, as a timeout. 
because if I'm there pretending, you're going to feel that. If I'm pretending to be present but you can see I'm not, you can see that I'm really in my own stuff now, that's not going to help you or serve you or it's going to rob you of your experience. It's going to become about me. We can tell tell when, like, you're staring at us but your head is, like, ticking away with, like, work stuff. And it's like I was saying this is actually friend tonight. It's like you're so much better being with, like, I'd rather someone for 30 minutes of full presence and then go and do your work. Don't be ticking away with your work and trying to please me for three hours. No, just give me that presence and then go mm-hmm. and do your thing. And I think the it's just overest it's underestimated the power of breath. And even just like when you feel that fight or flight, when your nervous system gets stressed by the bigness of your woman or whatever it is, it's actually just like bringing yourself back into that parasympathetic nervous system to calm yourself down. And that's what's going to help to start to like expand your nervous system to hold all of her energy. 100%. And that's a skill. That's a practice, right? You don't, you didn't just hear this when oh, it's talking it's about it. It's like, it's just, you're signing up for, you know, a few years of, of <laughs> cho- choosing that, choosing that, choosing that, because you're starting to create um, neural pathways. You're starting to create motor engrams. You're literally programming yourself to respond differently in a stressful yeah. situation. And you're using your breath as the primary tool of, you know, um, downregulating. Yeah. Or pretty much what I was getting at is call a timeout. Yeah. Like, like it, if it's only going to stoke the fire, if, if it's not genuine in any way and it's not in service to you or the other person, that there is a communication tool of a timeout mm. where there, it, it's done in a good way. It's done lovingly and respectfully, which is like, hey, babe, I can see you're really in your stuff right now and I, I, I'm not here. I'm absolutely not here. It would be dishonoring to pretend I was. I need to do a lap around the block. How would you feel if I took 10 minutes to go for a walk, calm myself down so I can be with you the way you need me to be? Yeah. And and, and to, to, yeah. And it's just 10 minutes. So it could be one minute. Like it's, I even say like, just say pause, go to your room Take a breath, bash a pillow, scream. Yeah, whatever that, you do. fuck yeah, pillow bashing. That's a great one. Just express yourself for a second mm-hmm. so you're not in that reactive state and then come back out, be with your partner and be like, right, I'm ready to hear. And then sit down and, and do the thing or express express yourself or whatever. But if you're not in a space where you can like hold somebody else, don't fucking lie to them and say that you can when you actually fucking can. Like, <laughs> I love the passion. Love the passion. Love the passion. Because it's important, right? And and, yeah, and for, it is. For, for a man though, um, even your passion there might be like, why is she so passionate about that? And and if if any man listening is having that experience right now, like, you know, calm, you know, chill. Yeah. There's there's an opportunity and an invitation there to explore their own feminine to actually go in into their own emotional body, to go into the weather system of them, of their own ecosystem yeah. and to start to have more experiences of, of unbridled emotional flow. So what you just described then was really perfect and I love how much ownership you have of that, <laughs> but like the pillow bashing thing. 
So for a man or a woman, like this is a tool I teach my clients all the time. I model it too. I'm like, oh, I need to model this. I've got plenty of rage I can access. So it's an authentic transmission. And it's like. That's concerning or not. Oh, yeah. Again, a whole nother subject. The nice guy. So the nice, I'm, I'm a recovering nice guy. And rule number one, if you look at Dr. Robert Glover's work, rule yeah. number one, no, nice okay. guys are full of rage. Yeah, yeah, okay, so okay. That's that's me learning to access my dark masculine still in a good way Beautiful. and to yeah. to assert my boundaries sooner, more strongly, but in a good way. How are you going with setting boundaries? Best I ever have, still plenty of amazing work to go but yeah that's okay. my that's my focus at the moment cool can we jam on that because I love boundaries so for I mean I always say boundaries are aphrodisiacs boundaries are fucking sexy when women draw <laughs> yeah, yeah. them, them. Mm-hmm. um so what are some of your boundaries space boundaries I have uh-huh. space boundaries and that's that's built on a core value of mine which is solitude and mm-hmm. and so to just explain that quickly is what I've discovered that is essential in my life. So I'm living from a full cup is solitude. So I've created my whole life, my whole business factors in that solitude is an important value for me to express. Yeah. So when it comes to the relationship culture, the relationship dynamic of us, we are, phenomenally polarized like my partner often jokes of getting a vel you know like a velcro suit where we can just velcro each other and you know have a a day where we're joined at the hip literally and she would love that so so that's that's her that's her value that's her need whereas mine is opposite so Mm. what I have to remind her of and and can like reassert make it clear again, is yeah. a space boundary, which is, hey, there, there is going to be an hour today after work where I, I'm doing me. I'm doing mm. a nature walk on my own so I can organise my thoughts, I can calm my shit down, I can balance my nervous system and then I can return wanting to be here not wishing I was somewhere else. That's the key thing. I always say it's like when you don't draw a boundary, like there's going to be resentment. And it's, Mm. yes, it's hard to draw boundaries, but you know what's harder? Having resentment towards a person. That is so much harder to deal with. Mm -hmm. So I know boundaries are hard for people to draw. And I feel like that, of course, they're hard for men to draw as well. What have been like some of the biggest things that for you to realize it's allowed you to give yourself permission to be like, it's sexy to draw boundaries. Cause it is like, if it, mm. when a dude says like, I just need an hour to me to do me and I can fully be with you. I'm like, have my babies. No worries. Go do your thing. <laughs> so what has been like the thing for you that's made you feel safe to draw your boundaries? The resentment thing is, is pretty important. So just to, to uh, restate that is, yeah. When I don't set boundaries, I live in resentment. That's mm-hmm. my shit. That's yeah. my that's my creation. Yeah. So literally, if anyone has arrived at resentment, it's not about the other person. It's because you let too many things slide for too long. 
So this is your shit and it's layered and layered and layered and at the top of that shit heap is resentment. So I I don't want to live that way. I don't want to burden myself with that stress and obviously project project that into the relationship, victimize myself, paint my partner as the perpetrator, you know, that whole dynamic. Yeah. So that, that would be one thing. Um, fuck, I forgot the question. Oh, <laughs> I was just restating yours. <laughs> Love it. We went on a tangent. The question was like, what was, what was like the best things for you to learn and know that then made you feel safe to draw boundaries? So, oh yeah. Okay, sense. cool. So, so that, that it, that it's, again, it's my responsibility. Yep. And what isn't my responsibility is if they are offended by my boundaries mm-hmm. and it's not my, uh, if they take it personally, that's out of my control. So for me to fold on my boundaries is to me, me to play that rescuer, rescuer role is for me to try and hold them emotionally. That's codependent. It's toxic. Again, it, I'm getting something out of that. Because that's my fear of rejection. That's my fear of abandonment. That's my fear of whatever the backlash may be. So, again, it's inauthentic and it can only end up in, in pain. So really? understanding that has helped me follow through. Mm. And it's like, okay, you, you probably won't like this, but this is the boundary now, I'm happy to hold space for you to take a look at what that brings up for you or maybe that's not yeah. the job for me. Maybe you need to have a chat to a friend or a coach yeah. or a therapist and get to yeah. the bottom of why me doing me pisses you off or upsets you. It's so, never about you. It's always the other person with boundary stuff. For sure. And, and if, if that isn't respected, it's my responsibility to make sure... I am around people who respect who I am, what I'm about and what my needs are. So again, it's always the power is mine. The responsibility is mine. And and that's true for the people in my life to dishonor them is to modify my boundaries because I don't want them to get hurt. That's interfering with their opportunity for learning and growth. So they can be free. They can be happy. They can be in their power too. Love so that. it's a really loving expression to do. And yes, it it means it, it will bring it will create fire. And it's like, okay, there's gonna it's be fire either way. Let's sit in it. Let's sit in the fire. Yeah, and it's actually showing respect to the other person and respect for your relationship because you're like, I respect you and me, therefore I'm gonna draw those boundaries so I don't resent you. Like it's actually an I always say it's like an act of self-respect, self-love, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's an act of that really. What do you like, what, what's, what do you feel like the reasons are that men can be afraid to draw boundaries? Like why they hold themselves back? Cause they don't trust themselves. So again, there's often some sort of codependent dynamic playing out. So I'll say that. If you don't trust yourself, you're going to be afraid that if you set a boundary, there's going to be a consequence that you can't handle. So that, that's mm-hmm. where the development needs to be. And, and to speak to that relating to men, there needs to be some exploration of their masculinity. 
The other thing is role modeling. So how many relationships, families, dynamics, is there a covert transmission, which is to say like a covert contract. Again, this is Dr. Robert Glover's work. And a covert contract is where I, I get my needs met or attempt to get my needs met. So as a man, I attempt to get my needs met without asking so I'll do the dishes because I want you to do the dishes. That's a covert contract. Or, or I'll cook dinner because tomorrow I want to get up and, and go for a surf early. Instead of going, hey, babe, tomorrow morning I'm getting up early and going for a surf. Is that cool? Cool with you? You know, like, like what, we clear on that? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I did all these favours for you and I can't even go for a fucking surf. And it's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Why didn't you ask for that? Why weren't you clear? Why weren't you transparent? So when you follow that in, the shadow of that is unworthiness. Mm. So that is a, a common role modeling and transmission, you know, as we grow up and we see the, this covert way of, of living. And, and that's what I download. And that's how I start to behave and act. So I think the, the, the biggest gift and offering for anyone is being it. Yep. Love to that. show it, to show it. Yeah. And, and I think that's why a lot of men struggle with that is because it hasn't been role modeled effectively. The other piece is they may have, and it may have been shamed out of them. And that's something that is prolific is the shaming of masculinity that is, is going on in the world today. The tar yep. and feathering that's going on with men because yeah, there are some predators out there. Uh, There are some people who are perverse and twisted and violent. And, and, you know, these people need help first of all, not to be further demonized. They need to be embraced creatively by the community. However, back to the point, which is if you have a penis in this day and age, there are, some communities that brand you as the root of all evil. I did a whole episode. I did two episodes on this about like the second wave of the Me Too movement, um, about like dating sex in the Me Too movement and talking about this of like somehow we've gotten into this state in the modern world of like every man's a dickhead and they all just want one thing. And like if a man opens the door for you, that's sexual assault. And it's mm-hmm. it's wrong and that like emasculation, both men and women need to, sorry, women need to work on it. And then men also need to work on like the boundaries and stuff. But it's definitely a piece also for women, a hundred percent, because we're like doing the emasculation. And it even starts when you look at like shame and I know I know you know this, but like it starts as young as like when um, when a guy is a boy and his mum shames him and not doesn't even realize she's doing it but saying like why do you never do this why do you make your room messy like what but why 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 and it's like shame 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 and we don't realize that we do it as women but because like if you said to another woman why she'll tell you or it won't breed as much shame it's it's like a different communication but when you say why to a dude it like shame straight away it's like mm-hmm. you're wrong mm-hmm. um and it's just yeah it's interesting awesome. um and, and that be, that becomes an autonomous program then that becomes yeah. i 
I, I am wrong for who I am. Mm. So to set a boundary is, is I am not worthy to set a boundary because yeah. that will, that will activate the pain. There is too much risk that I will be shamed again. And mm. um, I would prefer to avoid that. Yeah. yeah. So just to quickly like shout out and acknowledge that there are a lot of women and, you know, we're in this age of the rise of the divine feminine, right? Yeah. And that's really cool. So kind of as a, an acknowledgement and a celebration to women and, and as a reminder, there are so many women supporting men. There yeah. are so many women supporting men into their sovereignty, into their masculinity. They're doing it in the... Um, unpredictable ways so like challenging men but you know loving on them still and but challenging them by being boldly feminine like you were saying and 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 letting their bigness come through but also seeking to understand men seeking to understand the little boy that lives inside a man and understanding most of the time unless a man has done a lot of self-development the little boy is in the driver's seat calling the shots shutting down being avoidant, being covert, um, being manipulating and lying. This is this is comes from a place of a wound. It's not a fucking monster. It, it's a wounded little boy, and we need to remember to interpret it as that and see that, and encourage this man to go on the rite of passage he needs to go on to integrate to to call in the these the archetypes that are part of him and embody that king the warrior the magician the lover it's about empowering them into it not shaming them into it right on right on and not mothering them into it as well oh no 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 you can nurture don't be their fucking mum though hell no be careful of that too because the little boy will fucking love that and and love love that and then you'll hate it because most of the time mums don't have sex with their little with their little boys so that's the and that right one, on that's the bedroom yeah. killer right yeah. <laughs> right on right on that right will on. that will affect the the polarity okay so you touched on something before nick that i want to quickly ask you before we finish up you said before of like uh like uh engaging in your feminine or like getting into your feminine in terms of like accessing your emotions and your feelings and what you need to know for so many men saying mm. the word like i'm gonna access my feminine would be like oh my god give me a bucket and i'm gonna vomit in it mm. can you explain to us in your own terms for you as a masculine man like what does it mean when you say I'm going to like feel into my feminine or I'm going to like, you know, pull on my feminine energy X, Y, and Z. Like, can you just yeah, explain yeah. to me by what you mean by that in like a masculine kind of terminology? Yeah. Again, it's really big, right? We're talking about yeah. forces of the universe here. So, yeah. and, and, and what that looks like in the human vessel. Um, and even in, this is a framework that we're talking about. It's a concept. So, what does it look like? It looks like me, like I said earlier, processing through feeling rather than thought. Mm. So getting in touch with my mad, getting in touch with my sad, getting in touch with my glad, getting in touch with my fear, my shame, my guilt, and, and sitting in that and moving it in the way it, it needs to be mobilised. What does that look like? So that's why sometimes it's like, it's like, oh, there's this, there's this grief stuck in my, the left side of my rib. I feel that. And yeah. it's like, okay, I need, there's a sensuality I need to bring in mm. 
to my to my nervous system to my body or it can be like more of like a thrashing rage if like I yeah. said rage release it needs to be unbridled unapologetic release of this emotion um so that's one way I'll answer it it's it, it's allowing myself to process what's alive in me through the feeling and expressing mode rather than just thinking about it and journaling about it and writing it down. It's like, it's like, it's going in there. Now, when it comes to relating, it's to choose to rest my awareness on my heart space. Now I can't feel your heart unless I'm feeling mine, how the fuck is that possible? So Mm. that, that feminine connection isn't like, yeah, we really hit it off. We've got all this in common and we talked and talked to it's like that whole eye gazing practice is like, Oh, okay. Now I'm super present. Now I'm super in my body. God damn it. I'm vulnerable as fuck right here. Like why? Because I'm in a place of receptivity. I've let go of my need to control. I'm not penetrative. I'm not doing, I'm sitting back and I'm more in a place of being. So like, how do I be receptive? I need to choose it. I think people think receptivity is a given because I'm not doing it. Fuck no. Doing is an addiction. So unless it's a conscious choice, we Preach. just do. It, it's yeah. it, it's our culture. It's what again we've been role modelled. It's what we're about. It's what gets it's literally chanted. adrenaline rush, and it becomes addictive. It, it's addictive, exactly, yeah. and, and it's safe. It becomes like adrenaline. Yeah, it's it's totally. safe because totally. I'm in control. I'm um, in control. Mhm, mhm. So I love that. So basically, back. what you're saying? Oh, sorry, you go, you go, Nick. There was a cut off for a second. No, no, I'm just saying, like, like explore what receptivity actually is and meet with your resistance. I guarantee anyone that hasn't done some work around this will have a rush of resistance, a rush Mm. of like, get the fuck out of here. You know, some sort of story, reach for the phone, do this. Oh, you said that, blah, blah. It's like resistance, 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 distraction, bullshit, 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 bullshit. And then it's like, eventually you'll get to the vulnerability. You'll get to the thing you've been avoiding for a very long time. And it's like, okay, now receive receive the wisdom of this be with it love that okay last quick question then i'll let you go and then i'll go because it's past midnight but um (laughs) what is it's late um can you quickly what are like i know you talk about self-sabotage what are the main Mm. ways that men self-sabotage in their relationships or jobs or whatever Mm, main ways yeah um So it looks like playing small usually. So so creating a story that justifies me not doing what I say I want to do. Yeah. Or what actually lights me up. How do they achieve that? How do they do that? Well, again, I just got to acknowledge it. it they, they'll tell themselves a story. There'll be an inner story that makes it okay to keep repeating a pattern that doesn't serve them or limits them but how do they do it? I think, I don't think there is a a true continuity. And I I only say that because when I work, I work very much with this. I've worked very much with the neural neural plasticity model 
and the identification of, of what is my pattern, what does it look like. So that's about literally creating a table, creating a chart of what, what's the feeling in my body, familiarizing that. Um, and if I were to name the emotion, what would it be? Now then it's like looking at what's the inner narrative, what are the thought forms that run? It could be like, oh, they don't give a shit about me or it doesn't matter or no, I'll get around to that or for, for finding what that pattern is. Then there's a behaviour. So I think what you're speaking to is behaviourally what yeah. shows up. Yeah. Self-sabotage, well, distraction, avoidance. That can be drinking piss, like alcohol um, and being... Not actually Not piss. <laughs> <laughs> She's Australian, she gets it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, getting on the team. Many Americans just like <laughs> classify. That does not mean from Australian. We Australians like, oh God, Aussies drink their piss well, now, yeah. do they? Yeah, the Dows do. Like, well, we do too. Fuck it. Nah. So, so drinking like alcohol and, and yeah. Um, it is a common one, especially in Australian culture. It's like drinking. And it's like, it, it does that serve you in stepping into your higher potential? I'm not shaming anyone for drinking, like fucking whatever. But is it, how conscious are you in, in reaching for that drink? Is this. And that's what I always say. Like I, I drink, but I don't do it to avoid something. Mm, mm. It's, it's like, it's like, I actually want to have a drink. Like it's going to nourish me in this moment. Like actually I really like want one from a place like, from like a soulful space, not like I need one or I've had a rough day. Someone give me a fucking drink. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Numb me out. It's cool as a celebration for sure. But if if it's an, if it's a numbing or an avoidance or a distraction. So another distraction would be busyness. Mm -hmm. I'm too busy. So overworking, that's a super common one. Overworking over that's, that's avoidance. That's self-sabotage. Yeah, that that you wouldn't forge time, carve time out for yourself to get yep. clear on what the fuck you want and to create a blueprint of of what that looks like. Yep. Um. So yeah, the 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 booze culture is worthy of mentioning. Overworking is worthy of mentioning. Playing victim again is worthy of mentioning. Like like running a poor me narrative, or you know, it's their fault. This is fucked whatever that sounds like, but choosing a state of powerlessness consciously or unconsciously, we're responsible for those choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I'll offer them for now. Like I said, when it comes to patterns of behavior, Netflix fucking actually, you know what we could now I'm starting to pick up a momentum. Netflix, like like look look at look at all the opportunities of distraction and avoidance around you. Yeah. Like being overly Well, social. even with Corona, it's like we lost a lot of our distractions and our avoidance. Like we couldn't go out, we couldn't drink, we couldn't like we could we couldn't drink out, you could drink at home. You can't go to restaurants, you can't fill your calendar up with social things. And so now you're like, oh fuck, I have to deal with my shit because I'm not busy every hour of the day being with people that allow me to then like not have to deal with any of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. And, and, and like just for absolute clarity, I send all my love to anybody that that resonates with. Again, just to like really reiterate and remind that us 
talking about this and presencing this isn't a shaming piece. Oh, it's, God, no. It, it's, a, it's an offering and it's an awareness piece. And, again, I hope it's clear that I am phenomenally imperfect. I am such a working progress. This is my work too. I do this as well. I, I, I just strive to occupy a, a greater level of consciousness, which means I want to live in more awareness rather than less. I, I want to see the unseen of me. So how does, you know, like what do you do if this is resonating? That Just know that there is so many uh, like opportunities. There, there are safe spaces. There are coaches. There are like circles. There are groups. There are offerings in the community, whether it's online. It's a global family now because everything's online now and yeah. or in your local community there's ways to meet with meet with people who are also wanting to step into their journey who are also wanting to step into a life of um, awareness and, and greater consciousness and, and personal power and self-will and these things but if you don't know what that is and you're feeling really alone just know that a lot of other people are too and that there is a lot of support yeah. to start to explore this. And it's an exploration. We, are, we don't arrive anywhere. We don't fucking arrive anywhere. Totally. It's, it's just a choice. It's a, a relationship with life and the self that we start to cultivate that's different to what we were indoctrinated into. And the theme, the driving center point is love. It's like, oh, how do I live in love? How do I cultivate a more loving ex- experience and expression? Love that. So on that note then, Nick, how can people work with you if they feel like they want to work with you? Um, The best way is to jump on my website, which is rhythmhealth.com.au. So it's spelled R-H-Y-T-H-M, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, all one word, .com.au. You can literally book yourself in there um, through the coaching tab. You'll see it. It's really simple set up. Hit me up on Instagram, rhythmhealth, spelt the same way, R-H-Y-T-H-M, health. Um, and you can DM me on there if you'd like. And I'd say that's the simplest way to, to get in touch, um, ask me any questions or to lock in for a session uh, and start to have an explore, have an explore of yourself, start to resolve some things that are ready to be resolved. Love that. Thank you, Nick. Are there any last things that you feel like you want to share with everybody or something that you really wanted to like say to everyone and you haven't gotten a chance to say it? I look, I just want to remind everybody and I'm speaking to myself right now. This is a reminder that I've been (laughs) needing to hear. Don't forget your sense of humor. Don't forget the cosmic joke that this is. Don't forget to choose to tune into joy and fun in the midst of this shakeup that we're in this entropy. Like, Like it, it's, we are allowed to have fun. We are allowed to choose joy as well as honouring all the other emotions that we've explored more in depth today, mad, sad, glad, fear. Mm. Um, but it's like don't forget your sense of humour in this, especially on the path of self-development. The worsening, the trap is taking self-development seriously. Oh, my God, how silly. What a paradox. So boring. Fuck yeah. That. Well, it's so, it's it's a trap of the ego. It would be. It'd be so dry. It'd be so fucking boring and dry and just not my vibe. <laughs> totally. Oh man, I've I've slipped into it where I'm like, oh, like 
I, I, I forget that there isn't a destination. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God, why was I taking that so seriously? Why did I trade in fun? You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot about the point of self-development, which is the mm. love thing, which is the fun, which is the natural state of being, acknowledging yeah. and accepting its joy. Um, why did I stop choosing that? So I snap myself back in sometimes and, and that's just my, my closing reminder. Amazing. Um, and, and to trust this process that we're in in the world. <sighs> Chaos always precedes order. So just okay. know that there is a lot of information flying around. It's like a, you know. Really hope you're right, Nick. Reality. Really hope you're right. Heart, <laughs> like, guarantee you, guarantee you. And, and you know, the other thing as well is that death is okay. Like, death isn't a tragedy and we need to stop framing it as a tragedy. Everything dies um, and death is, could be, if you look into it and you choose to, seen as a birth so when you look at like even just the tar- like the death card in the tarot deck it's like it's a great card to pull because it's like a renewal process yeah right on right you on. know right great on. and love and, it yeah. so that's that's me thanks so much for having me it's been Thank awesome you, have really a lovely fun. have a lovely day i'm gonna go to bed you have an incredible day um, I will let you know when the recording's out. Thank you so much for your time and for doing this. You're so welcome. I appreciate you, yeah, like getting me on. And of course. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been one of the funner podcasts I've done in a long time. So, yeah. Oh, thank good. You. I'm glad. Mm. I'm glad. Okay. Well, it'll probably be out in like three to four weeks' time, but I'll send you an email beforehand so you know. No stress. Right on. Okay, cool. Have a good day. Bye. Catch you later. See ya. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.